Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside. You'd better get used to that idea. These words are from a movie called The Shawshank Redemption. And uh, this movie tells the story of two men, Andy Dufresne and Red Redding, who are both serving long prison sentences at the Shawshank State Penitentiary. And despite the fact that he is serving two life sentences for a crime he did not commit, Andy Dufresne, he, he maintains this sense of who he is as a person, his humanity, and his dignity. And, and when Red asks him about this, how, why are you like this? Why are you, why are you not beat down by, by being in prison and, and just in the darkness of, of what this is? And he says, Red, we've, we've got to hold on to things that, that are beautiful, things like the beauty of music. And he says, in order to remember that there's something there's something inside that they can't get to, that they can't touch. It's yours. And Red says, what are, you, what are you talking about? And Andy says, hope. And this is where Red says the words that I open with. Hope? Hope? Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside, and you better get used to that idea. Now today, we are here, and we've already been doing this. We're celebrating hope. We're celebrating the hope of the resurrection of Jesus. He was crucified, he was buried, but he did not stay dead. God the Father raised his son from the dead. He came out of the grave, and nothing has ever been the same since. The world has been turned upside down with the good news of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished, what he has done through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. Jesus is our hope. And yet, I think that we can often feel like red. We have been let down. We have let others down so many times that hope can begin to feel like a dangerous thing. Some of us have been or are walking right now through dark, difficult times. And when we're in the dark, we can get the idea that hope uh, it just starts to feel like something that doesn't have a place in our lives or in the world, that it doesn't have any use, that it's a dangerous thing. Now, I don't know why all of you are here today. I don't know the kinds of things that each one of you is facing, but I do know enough to say for certain that you and I are people who are in desperate need of hope for ourselves and for the people in our lives, for the community that we live in, and for the world around us. 
desperate need of hope. And I'm here to say that Jesus, his resurrection is the hope that you and I are looking for. And the hope of the resurrection of Jesus is the hope that you and I need today. Because Jesus brings hope. He brings hope even in the darkest places. So to help us see this, we're going to read from John's Gospel, chapter 20. We'll read verses 1 through 16, and these verses will be up on the screen as well. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing, oh, sorry. Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. This is God's word. Let's pray once more. Father, this is a beautiful day to celebrate the hope of the resurrection of Jesus and all that that means for ourselves, for for the people in our lives, for the community we live in and the world as a whole. And yet we acknowledge the darkness and the evil and the pain that exists both in our lives and in the world around us. We think this morning of our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka who were celebrating this same hope this morning and their lives were taken from them. And it so perfectly shows us this tension and this reality between darkness and light and hope even in the hardest places. So would you bring hope into our lives where there is none? Would we see you, Jesus? Would we hear your voice speaking our name and giving us the hope 
that you have won for us through your resurrection. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing I want to point out is that God is no stranger to the dark. And John, throughout his gospel, he tries to help us see this. He uses all this imagery and language and symbols of, of darkness and light and night in contrast with, with light. Uh, he says in John chapter 1 that Jesus, who is the, the living word of God, came as a light to shine into the darkness. And, and when a religious leader named Nicodemus, who wanted to learn more about Jesus but was afraid to do it in a way that could be seen, uh, he wanted to keep it on the down low, and he came at night to, to talk to Jesus because he wanted to learn more. And over and over again, Jesus declares that he brings light into a world that is in darkness without him. He says it in chapter 3, in chapter 9, in chapter 11, in chapter 12, and in, verse, uh, in chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, declares, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed by his friend, John tells us in his gospel that after receiving the morsel of bread, Judas immediately went out, and it was night. It was night. And this is what we remembered on Friday, what we call Good Friday, the long, dark night when hope seems to be crushed the light of the world is extinguished in the darkness of the cross. And now all that's left is the darkness of the grave. And so late on that Friday afternoon, Jesus' lifeless body is taken down from the cross, is prepared for burial, anointed with spices and wrapped in linen cloths. John says in chapter 19, and there in the night of the dark tomb, his body lay, Jesus' body lay. And so Friday night and all day on the Sabbath, a day when it was prohibited, you were not allowed to go to visit a grave. No life, no light, no hope. It was, it was night. Some of us are walking through the night, and it can feel that in that darkness, in that night, that, that even our hope in Jesus may not survive. And it's, it's here in that place early on Sunday morning before the sun has even begun to lighten the horizon that a woman named Mary, makes her way to the tomb of Jesus while it was still dark. And, and in his account of the resurrection of Jesus, John chooses to tell the story of the resurrection through the eyes of 
Mary. He says, on the first day of the week, Mary came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, why, why did Mary go to the tomb? Why did she go so early? Why, why was she there when it was still dark? Well, the first reason is it's the soonest that she could go. The Sabbath is over. The night is almost over, and so she goes there as soon as she can. But, but I think just on a, on a heart level, she's going for the same reason that we all go to visit the graves or the resting place of people that we love, that we have, that have been lost to us. And she's grieving. She is confused. She is feeling the darkness. She's feeling hopeless. And one thing that we can be sure of is that she was not, she didn't go there expecting to find that Jesus had been raised from the dead. That was not on her radar. It wasn't even a possibility for her. How do we know this? Because when she sees that the tomb, the, the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty, she immediately thinks they've taken him away. His body has been stolen. That's what she tells the disciples in verse 2. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. and We do not know where they have laid him. And Peter and John, the two of the disciples, they run to see for themselves. And when they arrive, they cannot comprehend what's happening. It doesn't make any sense to them. They see that the stone's been rolled away. They see that the tomb is empty. They see the cloths that Jesus' body had been wrapped in. They've been taken off, and they're laying there. They see that the cloth that his face had been covered with has been folded up neatly and is set down in a different place. And they know no, no grave robber, no person who's come to do this quickly would take the time to remove these cloths from his body and, and certainly wouldn't have any time to do laundry and fold up the sheet. What could this mean? Could they dare to begin to believe? And they still don't understand. This is inconceivable, and, and yet the tomb is empty. And the question starts to run around in their minds and hearts. Could it be? Now, whatever has happened here, it happened while it was still dark. John 1.5 says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now if the light of Jesus cannot be overcome even by the darkness of death, then that means for us today that we can find hope even in the darkness, even in the darkest places and moments of our lives. Now John, as he continues in his account, he turns his attention back to Mary, and we see again in verse 11, she continues to be overcome by grief, even more so now because the body of Jesus has been displaced. She doesn't know, she can't even have the small comfort of being in the same place as his dead body, and as she weeps, she looks inside the tomb again, and there she finds two angels sitting where Jesus' body has, 
had, had been before. And in answer to their question, she says, I'm weeping. Why do you even ask this question? I'm weeping because I don't know where Jesus' body has been taken. John says that in that moment, she turns around to see a man standing in the dim light of the garden in the early morning. And she wonders if maybe this man knows where Jesus has been taken. And it's, and it's in this moment that he speaks to her. He says her name, Mary, Mary. And in this, in this wonderful moment, she realizes what, has, what is happening. Hope against hope. It's him. It's Jesus. She knows that voice. And hope fills her heart. She knows, she knows that even though the night was so dark, that the darkness has not overcome the light. Jesus is alive. He is risen from the grave. He has conquered what could not be conquered. He has brought hope where there was no hope. Fleming Rutledge, a theologian, she points out that the resurrection happened at night. No one was there when it happened. When the women and the disciples arrived, Jesus was gone. He arose from the kingdom of death and carried away its spoils, and the rising sun revealed the victory already accomplished. Now, you may be walking through the dark right now. You can't see what God is doing. Maybe your heart is at a breaking point. But, but hear this. The resurrection happened at night when no one was watching, when no one was expecting it. No one understood it. No one could even comprehend it. Jesus had already won the victory before anyone in the world knew that it had happened. He won it in the dark. He overcame the darkness of death, and he walked out of the grave. Now, the promise of the resurrection says that Jesus says the sun is coming. The night will soon be over. Jesus has promised us he will return, and when he does, he will set all things right. One day soon, we will see all the work. You will see all the work that he has been doing in the dark when you didn't know it. There is no darkness in your life that Jesus cannot overcome. There is always hope, even in the dark. In the Shawshank Redemption, Red told Andy that hope was a dangerous thing. And he was right. There's a lot of darkness in our world. There's a lot of darkness and pain in our lives. And it's hard to hold on to hope in that darkness. But at the close of the story at the close of the movie, 
Andy tells Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Jesus gives each one of us a reason to have hope, even in the dark. Here is his invitation to each one of us. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Let's pray. Father, in these short moments, we've just tried to to hang on to hope. Many of us are just barely hanging on for, for so many different reasons. But I pray that, that as we've looked once again at the resurrection of your son Jesus, that, that we would be renewed in our hope. That we would see that you are working even in the darkness. And the darkness of our lives, the darkness of our sin, the darkness of what has been done to us will never overcome the light of your son, Jesus. Would we believe that? Would we put our hope in you, Jesus? I pray that, that if there are those here this morning whose hope feels dead, that you would resurrect it. I pray for those who might be here today, who, who feel like they've never even had this kind of hope, that, that they would place their faith in the resurrected King, Jesus. And I pray for each one of us that you would give us a commitment and a desire to pursue hope, not in the things of this world, but in your Son, Jesus. We ask it in his name, Jesus. Amen.